0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to A boy and His Dream podcast. I'm the host, Sonny Aigbe, and I have a special guest in the house today, a big Mike. What up? Big Mike. It's <laughs> a big Mike. Mike is a successful business owner, entrepreneur, you know, a husband of three, of which one of them is uh, a professional baseball player. Yeah. Mike owned a furniture company for the past 35 years. Sure. And you didn't even stop there. You also founded, co-founded a mega event. planning whereby you, you know, display as an auctioneer. Mike? I got five brothers.
1: Five Five brothers? Five brothers total, and we all were in the furniture business. And I grew up with a dad who was basically, we worked, we worked, we worked. And basically, we worked eight to eight. And here's what my dad told me. Right out of the gate, everybody, this is what he told me. We only work half days in this family, eight to eight. And he tricked me because 8 to 8 is a long day, but he made it sound like a half a day. So my mindset changed right out of the gate to like, we only work half days, 8 to 8.
0: So your dad raised you to become this powerful man of today. Yeah, you know, it taught me work
1: ethic, integrity, um, how to network, how to um, talk to everybody when it comes down to the waitress or the person at the movie theater, or t- to young man you introduced me to today as a producer here, you know, uh, producing this all, uh, network with everybody. You never know who you might be in front of.
0: Oh, that makes sense. That drove me to the same statement my mentor said. Listen, you treat your CEO just the same way. No, you say you treat yeah. the dog man just the same way you treat the CEO. That's right. Because you never know. Yeah, and, and if I'm- you treat everybody that way— all the time and it's just who you are,
1: then just good things will follow. A fall quick
0: question. Mind. Let me add that to this what you just said. Okay. So because your father raised you so strong and smart and intelligent and everything, and there's a rumor has it out there that your fifty percent is someone that says 150%. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. is that? <laughs> so no matter what I did the night before,
1: there was no excuse I was going into work. And basically, my dad brought me up. To th- with the mindset again, if you change your mindset, it'll change everything. So you just gotta, you just gotta do it. I believe my fifty percent is most people's one hundred percent. So when everybody is going at full speed, I could be half speed and match their energy.
0: So when I'm at full speed, whew. Whew. I love it. You know, I love it. When I first got introduced to you, it's your energy that draw me to you. Yeah, because yeah. Because I am building a successful nonprofit organization right now, and I'm constantly looking for people to help us grow sure. in, together with my team. So that's what drew me to you. So what's happening right now, Big Mike right here on my left, he's um, he's an auctioneer. He set up uh, his own mega event, and we partner with him to do our last um, gala. But uh, let me tell you quick some quick thing about this mind. It has a heart of a lion. You you think having a heart of a lion is by tearing things up. No, no, I'm not talking about that heart. I'm talking about the heart that that builds community, the heart that gives, the heart that loves. Right. So what are we doing right now I want to showcase, let you guys know that I want to showcase and I properly represent you today, letting you know how great you are in the community, because heroes are not being known. The real, true hero is now being known. Last time I said heroes are not born, I came to realize that there is one that is born already sitting on my left right now. So tell us about <laughs> you. how you, what you do at Mega Event, how you use that to better community. What is it that you do? So how I started Mega Events
1: is um, in my furniture business, I was always that local celebrity or that local personality that you heard on the TV commercials or the radio commercials. Hey, this is Big Mike. Isn't it about time you need a new mattress? Come see me. Hmm. Well, so charity events then said, hey, we we need an MC. We need someone to help us kind of run this show, uh, to help us guide it. So I would help everybody. But there was one big thing. My dad did auctioneering on the side. He was a cattle auctioneer back in the day Mm -hmm. before he even got in furniture business. So it was in him. And one day... I was at the University of Illinois baseball dugout gala. I'll never forget this. And, like, the coach up there, the baseball coach, he's a baseball coach. He's not an auctioneer. I seen him struggling. I seen him up there struggling. And here's what happened. I got up, and I took the stage, and I took the mic, and I asked him for the mic, and I said, hey, I got you here. I got you here. And I took his list, and— We raised so much money, it was unbelievable. And that was kind of really my first time. It was just pure accident, coincidence. But I grew up. I grew up with a dad when we had Christmas parties, my dad was ready to sell this. $500. We're going to sell it and he <laughs> would just have fun with it. And so everybody loved my dad and it just simply I was in the right place at the right time, you could say, or you could say I took advantage. I seized the moment. Seized the moment. I seized the moment. I seen and I didn't look at it as me seizing the moment. I looked at it as like, let me help this guy here. And I think that's a big part of it, you know, helping others, you know, you get everything you want by helping others. And I, I go to bed, I go to bed at night saying, you know, my brother Johnny and other brothers, I say, man, we did, we did. This was a good one today. We made a difference. We made a difference. So Mega Events was launched. But I didn't take off right away. I didn't take off right away. There was a couple passions. Muscular Dystrophy Association I worked with Jerry Lewis back in the day I told you that story a little earlier mm-hmm. where there was a passion to help kids and it was it was instilled in me very early to um, holy cow uh, these these young kids and you know in wheelchairs and neuromuscular diseases mm-hmm. um, it was ingrained in me like I'm not going to complain about anything like, I don't complain about anything. I, I still don't complain about anything. As a matter of fact, my wife gets mad at me because I don't complain about anything. Mm-hmm. I, wake up, I choose to wake up in a good mood every morning. By the way, everybody listening, make your bed right out of the gate, and that's the first win of the day. Make your bed first thing in the morning. Why and I'm 1-0 because it's my first win. I made my bed. Oh, wow. It's my first win. If you go to my house right now, the bed's made. This is pretty it's much my the first accountability. Win. I start out with a win.
0: Discipline, accountability, showing up. Getting and I don't it know where I
1: pulled that from. I don't do it every time. I don't do it everywhere. So I start off with a loss sometimes.
0: Man. But this morning, I started with a win. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Man, can you imagine taking that winning energy and you know, oh, just yeah. kind of spreading across Chicago? Just Chicago City alone. Oh, yeah. You just like motivating yeah. without even knowing. Yeah. Well, let me have you, let me have you, let me let me throw this at you yeah. while I have your attention. So there's this language about, um, auctioneer when they auctioneer I, I can't read their lips I can't What? can you spit it out for a sure. little bit sure so if, if I was to go slow which yeah. is
1: funny is my dad used to say a little chant a big black bug bit a big black bear a big black <laughs> bug bit a big black bear a big black bug bit a big black bear 5, 10, 15, 20 apple peaches pumpkin pie if you're not ready just say aye take it sonny <laughs> big black
0: I wouldn't say big black man sitting out here in your
1: corner <laughs> So so to be an auctioneer, well, first of all, I wasn't an auctioneer, and I've never went to auction school. Uh-huh. I just thought when you're on that stage, you need to do a couple things, like your organization, A Boy and His Dream. Okay, I got to know. I got to teach. I got to um, educate the crowd just in case someone at your gala doesn't know about it. True that. So I came, and I learned, and I met you several times, and I learned, and I learned, and I learned. I learned so much. I felt comfortable on that stage representing you. Then a real auctioneer, they're doing cattle auctions and real estate auctions and car auctions. And they possibly go so fast that if you did that at a charity auction, you would overwhelm them and you'd scare them. Can
0: you speed that fast one out real quick?
1: Yeah, so uh, I've never been trained, okay. but I would say there's these fill words. So if I say $500, now looking for six, $500, $500, now looking for $600, now looking for $600, 500 now 600 back, now looking for seven, 700 now looking for eight. It's filler words. Would you give, would you give, would you give $700, would you give $800, $800, now would you give nine, 900 there, $1, $1,000, 1000 going once, last call, $1,000 going twice, sold it, $1,000, Johnny in the corner just bought it, $1,000. But at a charity event, 500 now looking for six, 600 there because everybody in the crowd, you don't want to overwhelm them. Mm. You want to put them at ease and make sure that they could hear what you're saying. Mm. And I believe it's not that I believe auctioneers are making mistakes. I just believe they're, they were trained professionally and I was trained coming up the opposite way. I thought, like, let me make sure they know what I'm saying here.
0: I love it. $1,000. Looking for 1500 You just sold me. And also, you just switched my career for me right now. <laughs> just listen to us. Yeah. I want to switch my career. And so it's gratifying. You want to talk
1: about doing something that's gratifying? I wake up every day, and um, uh, I had a, a, right after this, I'm going to go meet an organization and help their school out and mm-hmm. help them you know, take their things to the next level. Um It's not that furniture wasn't gratifying. Furniture made me who I am by dealing with people every day. Alls I did all day long was deal with people. And I learned how to handle tough situations. You know, when somebody would be mad at me in the furniture business because the world's not patient no more, no one has any patience, and let's say you ordered a, a, a rug and the rug hasn't come in yet and you're yelling at me, where's my rug? I simply say, Hey, what's going on? What's going on in your life that you're yelling at me over this rug? Mm-hmm. If I had it, I'd give it to you. It's just not here yet.
0: You're so, escalating
1: Yeah. React. Respond versus react. Mm-hmm. Now, react, I could have said,
0: your rug ain't here. Then that's going to let light Responding it up? Responding
1: is is simply showing hope. Like, hey, 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 mm-hmm. you know, if I had the rug, you know, the truck isn't here. What's go More, this is what I say. What's going on in your life that you... You're yelling at me over this rug.
0: That keeps me calm. And here's what happens: you're
1: 99% of the time, mm. man, your brother's sick, or your mom broke her hip, or you got a problem with your kid. There's something else. I just took the. I just took it, and I make so many friends with customers. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter where I'm at. Someone will say, "Big Mike," um, and that's because I put 30 years in of being nice. If you're kind, I'm kind back to you. Um, I tend to be kind anyway. I take the high road. Uh, you know what I say? The bottom's overcrowded.
0: Too I take the high road. Mm -hmm. They say also on the top that people collaborate at the bottom. The bottom's overcrowded. I
1: take the high road. Um, I respond instead of react. I don't let you get the best of me. You get the
0: more result out of responding. Reacting just add more fire to fire, you know. That's right. And uh, also, you're talking about, you know, there's this topic right now after the pandemic. Everybody's kind of chill out. A lot of people get a lot of freebie, a lot of handout, a lot of bailout here and there. Everybody's comfortable, so they're taking a quick trip to Belize Nigeria, all over the place and productivity is slowing down, slowing down every day and those people are in high demand of consumption, just consuming or consuming because the extra cash in hand right now by, by the government so how do you see our future and also how does revamping or reinventing hard work is going to bail us out? Because I see a problem coming. So I need you to address yeah, you know, that.
1: I'd like to first address the hard work. Um, I think what the youth or the kids or people in general are missing is the gratification of a hard day's work. Mm-hmm. The gratification of we got this mountain of work or I got this truck of mattresses mm-hmm. or we got this mission that we got to figure out or you had to pool party mm-hmm. and we got it done. And the gratification that comes with it, like, hey, boom, we got it done. We had seven kids out of 14 show up, and you helped another person helping somebody. And so I think— A boy on his dream. Yeah. <laughs> and if, you, if they change their mindset— you know, Zig Ziglar back in the day was one of my mentors. Okay? And Zig was a yes, I can guy. You wake up every morning and say, yes, I can. As a matter of fact, write it on your mirror. So when you look in the mirror, you already see yes, I can.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. If you have the opportunity, write you don't have the skill set, take the opportunity. Write the go goals Go find down. Who, who has it.
1: You know, when things go wrong, don't go with it. That's right. You know, um, that goes back to our little talk earlier. You know, you know, if you're the smartest one in your group, get a new group, which basically means if you're hanging out with idiots, you're an idiot. Or if if hang out with people who bring you up instead of bring you down.
0: And also people who have the skill that you don't have. You can also yeah. learn. Oh, and here's what I tell kids. You, uh, this what, goes
1: against the grain of what you do okay. for sending kids to college, but not everybody is a college kid. Mm-mm. You know, Their trades are out there that they could start being a plumber, an electrician, a pipe fitter, and they could do great. And they need to know, like, hey, that's an option, and you'll have no debt as well, and they'll take you right now. But what's missing is the hard work. So if I was to tell them, if I was to go back to my own kids— Who are both college baseball players, and um, one is a real estate photographer. My daughter, by the way, is uh, she was a social worker at the Boys and Girls Club, so she helps people every day. Mm -hmm. She was a seven-year teacher right down here in downtown Chicago at uh, Christopher House. And uh, my older son uh, is—he was working for a chocolate factory, and now he's going to be working for maybe Snap Pickles. You remember, Mm -hmm. you know this pickle company, Snap? Mm -hmm. Well, they're.
0: I just don't like pickles. It just sour in my mouth. That's okay.
1: It's all right. <laughs> this company's growing like a thousand times just just, just growing and they found my son and here's what I'm getting at. They found my son. That's the key word. You know what he was doing? He was bartending at night for extra money. They would come in and they said, "I like this kid's hustle. I like his attitude. I like his demeanor." When my kids seen the guy walk in, he knew what drink he wanted and he'd put one there even if he didn't even ask. When I'm done with my Diet Coke, there was another one there. We just talked about it our whole lives. Like, hey, that was a good waiter. When I needed workers, I would steal waiters. Man, you're a great waiter. Plus, let's talk about this, a compliment, all right? Let's talk about compliments. I kind of forced my kids early on to compliment three people a day. Yeah, I like your glasses, Sonny. Thank you. You bet, man. You bet. Um, And if you compliment somebody... If you get in that habit of it, then it becomes who you are. Compliment three people a day. I call it the compliment club. So this comes full circle. My kids compliment compliment
0: compliment club. club.
1: It's part of you're part of the club. If you could remember to do that, like hey, I love this studio. You know? Hey, love that dress. If you can go out of your way be intentional about complimenting it becomes a magic of you, man becomes part of you and it takes the negative right out of you it takes the negative right out of you man and, and so that's part of my thing this johnny thing. my brother right here he'll, he'll he'll tend to like i don't have road rage do you have road rage
0: uh, every now do so
1: i don't have any because you know what i look at i look at hey if this guy cut us off well maybe we were going to get in an accident farther ahead and maybe that just saved us gratitude I just simply say, Johnny, man, it's it's all right, brother. Patience. It's all right. And Johnny's like, you know. Tensed up. He's grabbing (laughs) the wheel, man. But it goes, you know, the full circle of your question, if the kids realized, you know, it's kind of like, if I knew then what I knew now, Mm -hmm. if I could push these kids to understand, man, put, put the work in, but the consent, it's gratifying, and then help others. Uh, love one another, it sounds very, very uh, tough to do, and it seems like the hole is so big to love one another, Mm -hmm. but you love by helping, and the biggest thing you could do is give your time. In my opinion, I just did a big event for kids with special needs at the University of Illinois baseball field, and I had 77 kids with special needs out on the field, and my job was to fill the stands. It's free. I just wanted to fill the stands. Do you know it's easier for me to get 100 bucks out of someone than for them to say, yeah, I'll come, it was free. I just want you to come and clap and clap for the kids. Do you want to know why I I, I I had that dream to pack the place? Because I asked this little girl, Tiffany, with Down syndrome. She was so happy one day. This is about three years ago. And I said to her, what are you, what are you so happy for? And she says, because my brother, she points to him in the stands, and she says, he gets to watch me for once today. And I thought, holy cow, um, what she's really saying is I'm always stuck watching him play, and now... He's got to watch me play. So that's why I'm happy today. And I thought, you know what? Let's pack the stands for all these kids with disabilities and special needs. And I did it about halfway. I got about half the stands filled. And it makes me mad that I can't fill the stands. I want to buzz people in next year. I already started the, the flyer. This just happened on July 24th, Tuesday. The flyer's done for next year i'm done for next year i have the date i have my flyer made i'm all ready to promote and it's 363 days away (laughs) that's how motivated i am i've got it ready all i got to do is get people there i got to figure it out because once you come to that event then you tend to see these kids in wheelchairs and these kids i'm pitch i'm the pitcher you ever pitch a ball to a blind kid Mm -mm. i have it's a sensory ball it's bigger and it beeps and that's how they play You ever pitch a ball to a kid in a wheelchair? I have, and I take my baseball team with me, that we'll get into that, I'm a 25 year coach of baseball kids. And I bring my team with me because I teach them uh, the the gratification of helping others. So when a kid in a wheelchair can't swing a bat, I say, little Joey, help him. And so little Joey has to get behind you and grab your arms and, and kinda help you. And then what happens is I talk to my team afterwards and I say, hey, guys, you know, what you learn today? Did you, you buddied up with somebody. All my kids buddied up with a kid with a disability. Well, the whole goal for me is everybody I'm around, I'm teaching them how to uh, give back and how to be gratified for. And also, like, hey, you don't even have the – you guys are complaining about you only have two bats in your bat bag as a baseball team. You know, everybody's got two baseball bats. How about no legs?
0: It seems like you we are teaching a lot of empathy, yeah. and empathy brings some lot of understanding among people, so that they can render the help. need. I think empathy is really lacking right now in our community. Yeah, can you can you speak on that as well? And also, do you think that people should return back to work? Yeah, do you foresee? problem coming with shortage of productivity right. because lack for everyone of listening
1: out there i think mm-hmm. returning back to work the, there's the best opportunity in the history of the world to go get a job that you want to go get because no one else is doing it that's number one no one else is going to get the job so there's opportunity in my opinion number two if you are good in this world you're great because that's the darn standard is dropped if you're good you're great and if you're great you're excellent someone's going to steal you if you're great Someone's gonna steal you. In my I, in my furniture stores, I always taught the guys I hired. If you're still working for me in two years, you
0: know, great. you're Doing something right. <laughs> someone didn't steal you.
1: And when someone steals you from me, I'm like, man, that's what I'm talking about. They got you. Like they we got did. You. Um, I got one young man who was a, a aeronautical engineer, and he creates simulators for uh, Frasca. Uh, you know, I'm in Boeing here, and it made me think of uh, just different things. And you know, I got kids. Uh, It's funny, all these kids that I've coached and I've mentored over the years, um, they now become customers, and and they now also become guests in the crowds Mm -hmm. for my events, (laughs) whether it's kids with special needs or, hey, helping police because the morale's low, or uh, this particular one is a friend of mine, Lou. I call it love for Lou. Lou went into the hospital with a sore throat. Lou went into the hospital with a sore throat. Here's what happened to him. Because it could happen to any one of our friends. Mm -hmm. He waited too long. He had an infection. Sepsis set in. He went into a a life support coma for 88 days right after that. And Lou snapped out of it, but Lou's life changed. So has his wife's life, and so has his kid's life. And I'm bringing the community together next Sunday, and we got a bunch of people helping each other.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's part of it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. getting back to your question, like, yes, can they go to work? Man, I couldn't emphasize more right now. If my kids were about 15 instead of 30 and 27 and 25, not only would I be pushing the trades a bit and and not knocking college whatsoever. I'm not knocking it. But if you know what you want to do. Trade is beautiful. Yeah. Hit the college route. You want to be a doctor? You want to be a dentist? You want to be an architect? You want to do certain things you know? Um, but I do know a lot of kids who owe one hundred and fifty thousand in college debt and they're teachers and they're making forty thousand a year and they owe a hundred yes and they didn't have parents to help them. right I believe like a college counselor should have said, hey, let's let's talk about this. maybe yeah. um maybe you don't need to go to this private university if you have no money. And so education, um, you know, so yes, I think uh, the workforce has to come back um, I, I refuse to uh, let the kids be lazy around me. I just refuse. It's just not in me. So they, it, 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 I've created a culture, I think is the word, even with my baseball team. I create a culture of, you're familiar with baseball?
0: Mm-hmm. But I just don't play.
1: Everybody complains about the umpires. Mm-hmm. Oh, that umpire made a bad call. Here's what I tell my kids. If you get four wrong in school, do you still get an A? Is 96% still an A? Mm-hmm. Is it? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, here's what I tell my kids: Deum gets four bad calls a game, and he still gets an A. Hmm. I changed their mindset. All oh, my parents are yelling, but my kids are trained to say, "Hey, okay, they, they get four bad calls a game. He still gets an A." And because the parents won't complain if the ball landed foul and they called it fair, oh, we got a double. They only complain if the ball landed fair and the ump called it foul. And no one says, hey, thank you for that umpire coming out who's 18 years old and volunteering his time to to – Volunteering his time in a world of craziness where people aren't working, and here's this young man donating his time or making fifteen bucks for a because three-hour. The parents
0: game. are now ungrateful, and they, now the
1: parents yeah. are, are yelling at him. And hence, what you have is an umpire shortage now. Mm-hmm. Umpires don't want to coach kids' games no more because the parents have taken the fun out of it. Here's what I tell my parents: twelve-year-olds, nobody's getting drafted today. I guarantee it. No one's getting a college scholarship. I. I i bet you on that one. No one's getting a college scholarship today. And, uh, you know, l- like I teach them just to like, let's just go have some fun. So if you're a hard worker, if you love the game, I'd take a kid who's medium in talent but loves the game and wants to be there over a kid who's got a lot of talent but he don't want to be here. True that it makes sense. Yeah,
0: makes sense. So I think the
1: kids it starts with their parents on my I, I hate to say it but I think I grew up with a parent who was like, "Oh, you're sick? That's okay. Come to work. We'll work it out of you. We'll work it out of you." I'll never forget this. You won't believe this, but my dad, my dad basically didn't want me to go to high school. He, listen to me closely here. He didn't want me to go to high school. And I said, "Dad, all my friends are going to high school. I'm like, come on." And and we were a working family, all right? So he was like, "Just You're going to go into the furniture store. I'm just telling you, you don't need to do all this stuff. You can go in now. He wanted to open me a store at 14. Do you want to know when I opened up my first furniture store? 17 years old. We were open Monday through Sunday, 8 to 8. I didn't know no better. Remember, I told you my dad tricked us 8 to 8. I thought, hey, only half days. But at seventeen, I learned work ethic. But I already knew work ethic because here's what my dad would do. I won the battle. I went to high school. Okay. He sent me to an all-boys school. I had to wear black patent leather shoes. My tie had to tie up buttoned. And if your button wasn't buttoned, you're going Come home. back tomorrow. Yeah. So here's what would happen. My dad would call in the school and he'd say, "I need Mike to work today." He did. He wouldn't lie. He would just say, "I need Mike to work." And uh, basically, the school would say, "You know, Mike's missed like thirty days." And, uh, you know, he misses another day. He could flunk. And my dad would say, no problem, flunk him. Send him out. I'm out front. That's how I grew up. And I was, now, here's what the here's what the world don't know. When my dad called me out of school to work, oh, that means we got a bunch to do. We got a truckload of 100 beds or something or 100 sofas, and the workers didn't show. You want to know why the workers didn't show? Because they're afraid to work. And then my dad knows we ain't and he calls me and my brothers, and no matter where we were, we did that. And so I grew up with great work ethic, and so my kids have great work ethic.
0: That's where your success with today.
1: Yeah, also, my parents backed the teachers. I won't get into this story, but I got into a little little bit of a, let's just say, a little bit of a scuffle with one of my teachers where I ended up with two black guys and a bloody lip. Teacher, I won't mention schools and so forth, but uh, let's just talk about this. My mom stitched me up in the parking lot, and she said, Michael, you have a big mouth, and it caught you today. Now, she already knew. You know, I'm not saying that was right for the teacher. Don't get me wrong. That ain't the story. My mom knew. She didn't even go in that school. She knew that I pushed this guy to the edge. And you want to know what I did? I Remember I said they had to wear a tie? Mm-hmm. So here's what I did, everybody. Oh, Big Mike, I went and bought a clown tie. And I pushed this guy to the limit. He had to wear ties, right? So here, I wore this clown tie. And and so, um, but here's what happened that day when that happened. My mom said, Mike, you got a big mouth and it caught you today. Again, the teacher was not right, okay? So let's get the moral of the story. It wasn't right. But here's what I will tell you. My mom didn't step into school once and it was over. We never talked about it again. She didn't call the teacher. She knew And she just warned me. And it stuck with me the rest of my life. Now here, we go back 25 years. Now we're ahead 25 years. I 1,000% back the teacher. I don't care what my kid has done or said. I Man, I'm back in the teacher. And I think that's a lost art these days because no teacher, no teacher signs up to be a teacher to say, man, I can't wait to get up and let me see how I can screw over all the students today. Let me see how many parents could yell at me today. I think you want to be a teacher because you want to change the world. True that. And it's the kids that make you a little bit crazy. And so I really learned, and that stuck with me. Let me tell you what. That happened to me once. Me and that teacher became great friends. I was a B-honorable student that missed 45 days a year. <laughs> B-honorable student that missed 45 days a year in an all-boys school. And now I do their charity events for them.
0: Just beautiful. It all come around. I'm their guy doing their charity events for them. Let me bring you down to this place. Um, talking about work ethics, the youth, and everything, so you understand. We're going to use this one to wrap it up before you tell people where to find your business. Yeah. You know, see what's happening right now. Kids are not in school, especially those children from underprivileged. Many, many of them are committing a lot of crimes, like high-level crime. Yeah. So, what message you have for those t- children right now? Because I know they can turn the b- behavior around. And uh, let's just uh, and that's making the police work hard. And because it's difficult for police to do their job now, that means our society is not safe. People are afraid of their lives because of this you know, safety issue. What do you have message for those youth doing it? Because I know they're listening.
1: Yeah, so my message to the youth was uh, listen I wasn't far from from some bad stuff um and uh, when a couple things didn't go my way, um, I got a new group, okay? So we talked about that a little bit, you know, when you hang around people that mentor you and want you to succeed versus pull you down, mm-hmm. hang around people that want to bring you up instead of pull you down, that is probably the one of the tremendous things. Second of all, if you're working, you can't get in trouble too much because sure, you're at work. You're, you're still work. getting in at work, mm-hmm. but yeah, you stay busy. Uh, I'm a God guy, you know, get involved in church. I always had that voice on my shoulder as well, like, you know, I went to a Catholic school, and... It's ingrained in me a little bit, right and wrong. You get, People know. It, it seems to be that people forgot what right and wrong is, mm-hmm. but uh, you, you guys know. And and I'll tell you, my first job, which will lead to this whole story, you know, I was 13, and my dad wanted me to go get a job at the grocery store. Okay. And I went down to get a job, and they said, no, we, we don't need anybody. So my dad said, go down and tell them you'll work a month for free. So I went back down. This is 100% true story. I went back down. I said, I could work a month for free. And the guy said, you could start tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I worked my month for free. I spent three years there. I spent three years at the grocery store. I was number one. Man, I did so much stuff at that grocery store. I was, it was unbelievable. It was a block from my house. I was making money. My dad knew what he was doing because who wouldn't take the kid for the month? Mm-hmm. And then I ended up taking over the whole store. My dad knew, but I didn't know. So you got to believe in yourself. You got to be confident. Um, you know, I wrote some things down here. Be bold. There's power and magic in it. Mm-hmm. Be bold. Um, go talk to some successful people. You know, I say this very delicately, you know, I don't take any advice from somebody that I I wouldn't ever ask any advice from. You know, I would take advice from somebody that I really aspire to be, and you'd be surprised sometimes when you strike up a conversation, once in a while, those people are looking to pay it forward and they might lead to an opportunity. Yep. Hence, you are an opportunity with the boy in, in, his, in dream. his dream yep. and and that opportunity. Um, I wrote uh, a couple of things. I was in the car, you know, I wanted to be prefer- prepared for this. But Les Brown, you know who Les Brown is? Mm-hmm. He says, you have greatness within you. So I took my daughter and my son to see Les Brown. Have, you got greatness within you. Mm-hmm. And Program yourself for success. Positive thoughts have a positive outcomes. Negative thoughts cause negative outcomes. You're self-made. Listen to this. You're self-made, but only the successful will admit it. Yes. You're self-made, but only the successful will admit it because nobody wants to say, well, I didn't do nothing the last four years. So I hope I motivate you to get up and do something. Go talk to some people. Get a mentor. Get a coach. I still get coaches. I still do. I still get coaches. And, And Les Brown just about six years ago, I took my daughter and son to Vegas, Les was speaking. And, um, you know, when Les was speaking, um, I happened to be walking in a hallway and there Les was. And when I say be bold, I said, hey, Les! I mean, Vegas, hallway, Caesar's Palace. He stopped around, he stopped, he turned around, and I said, it's me. I came over, My I said, my daughter Mallory and my son Mikey, I've been a big fan, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this moment and introduce you to my kids. And he said, I got to tell you what, um, how could I not turn around? And then he said, I'm doing some seminars. You guys are all coming to my place for a week, no charge. I want, I, I'm looking for people like you. You know, I'm looking for, it, basically, I seen them. And I made it where he couldn't turn around. Now, that was bold. Mm -hmm. It was a little obnoxious. Mm -hmm. But I actually didn't even know I did it. It just came out. Less! I said, there's less. There's less. And I just called him and I did it. And and so I got that moment with my kids. So parents, you know, push your kids to to, to dream big. Um, I I wrote... uh, you know, one other thing, you know, to rechange your thinking, but you must be willing to do the things today that others won't in order to do the things tomorrow that others can't. That's right. So you gotta put the hard work in now. Um, and I had one more good one. Yeah, I gotta find this here, but it's good it's it's it it was so appropriate for this moment right here. Um yeah, you can't get courtside seats with nosebleed efforts. Wow! You that's... can't get courtside seats with your efforts. Are way at sitting in the worst seat in the house. Mm-hmm. So if you aspire to go there, man, get it done. And you know what? Um, you'd be surprised when you get a new group. You'll get you'll catch some crap from your old friends. But I'm still friends with some of my old friends. I just went here. I just went to a next
0: level. Took it to a next level, living out there. Yeah, was going to drag you. That's down, right. You know, Sometimes primarily. they just fell, they just
1: fell behind. Um, the biggest room. Is room for improvement the biggest room is room for improvement which just means listen man um, I don't care I'm 53 uh, I stay motivated people say motivated you know can wear off that's why I do it every day mm-hmm. see motivation I think could wear off you go to a motivational seminar and it could wear off but if you do it every day
0: that's the, that becomes sustainable
1: it's like doing your laundry. It's like taking a shower. If you don't take a shower for seven, eight, nine, ten days. Boy. No,
0: we're talking about seven hours. You're going to start oozing. Yeah,
1: you shower every day. you, mo- you got to do it. That's
0: why you do it every Make day. Make it a habit to become successful. Working hard is a habit. And I want to thank you for coming here today. Yeah. You know, what can, can people find you online? Yeah, I, I know nonprofit want to hire great usher sure. like you. What can they find you? That sure. Uh,
1: Mic name off. I don't know if you'll put this on a screen or in, a, in, mm-hmm. in the literature. Or however you do it, megaeventsauctions.com. Megaeventsauctions.com. I take uh, events of all sizes. I'm all in or I'm not in at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to work really good with kids with disabilities, schools. Uh, that's that's kind of like, man, what I thrive at and uh, what I love. That's my passion. But I'll also, you know, I'm a big pet guy as well. I, I do a lot for humane societies. I created a little slogan for pets and people. We're better together.
0: And you work for a boy on his dream since you mentioned all uh, the nonprofit. So yeah, my phone number,
1: 217-202-2821, Big Mike, Mega Events Auctions. Listen... Um, it, Free consult. You know, I, I, this is what I do. I don't, oh, I got to leave you with this. My dad taught me this. It's called Automobile University. Everybody listening, write this one down. This pen is not by accident. Think it, ink it. See all these notes I got right here? Think it, ink it. I write everything down. It's called Automobile University. Johnny was driving today. I just didn't sit there to get there. Listen to me close. I didn't sit there to get there. I made all these notes on the way to you, so I was prepared for this moment. I didn't get to all these notes, but it's called Automobile University. There's so many kids just sitting in a car like this. They got their headphones on. I don't, th- I, don't I don't turn any music on. Um, I'm basically. My dad taught me this. We never turned the radio on. We talked about life. You know what my dad would do? He'd say, "Man, that's a nice house." We'd pull over, and knock on their door, complete strangers, maybe in a complete different state, and my dad would say, "Man, I love your house. Uh, you mind if we take a look?" And now imagine doing that these days. No,
0: do you get shot? <laughs> but, but
1: no, but here's that. the deal:
0: people either believe you or they, oh, like the they don't. <laughs> and and
1: and and they they let us in, and and so you know you've got to be. Uh, you gotta be believable. You gotta want it. And, and again, kids out there, go get your dream job because it's available. And if you're good, you're gonna be great. And if you're great, the, the sky's the limit.
0: Sky's the limit. Nothing is handed for free. Work for it. If you want it so much, if you want it like you need air to breathe, go oh, get yeah. it. So I want to thank you for coming today. You know, um, like Eric before, Thomas.
1: That's an Eric Thomas yes. thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So I want
0: to thank you for coming today. Because of time, we we'll have a colleague, Shah. You know, thank you all for tuning yeah. into a Boy on His Dream podcast. And we're looking forward to inviting you again. Okay.